is the year. This is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best. Hustling, taking care of business, and taking care of your community. Join us for JMT Media's podcast, where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community. Jacqueline Tecorante from JMT Media. Thank you so much for joining me on a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm using a neighbor's beautiful patio because unfortunately I'm unable to go to my office. Um, but there's a few reasons why I wanted to host this webinar um, because there's a lot of questions. I'm a small business owner here on Staten Island. Um, and um, so I apologize. We have a few different folks that are going to be chiming in from across the U.S. So if you hear any noises, we apologize for that. If you have any questions, feel free to message on the Facebook Live link below. Um, so we will try to answer them as fast as we can. Um, so today essentially is I wanted to get an expert um, panels to uh, a list of expert panelists to talk to us specifically about a few different things, everything from insurance to investment tips. Um, and then we also have Dr. Jacob Glanville, um, a biochemist. Many of you have seen him on Netflix's uh, pandemic. And so to start off with, we're actually going to speak with a dear friend and colleague, uh, community member. He's a former uh, financial professional, but again, keep in mind all of the details and information that we're providing are strictly just from experts' advice, professional advice. Um, I am not a professional financial planner. I'm not a professional investor or a doctor. That's why I have experts. So um, we're going to start off with uh, Ryan Ludgate, former financial professional. He's going to join us. How are you, Jackie? Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you uh, being here on a Sunday. I know you have a newborn and, um, you know, a lot of small businesses, especially on Staten Island and the East Coast, they have a lot of questions. And I figured that you've always provided really sound um, advice, specifically on the financial side. So can you talk to everybody about, you know, who you are, um, what you do, how we know each other, all that good stuff? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'd say I've, I've been on Staten Island now for about five years, six years. Um, I'm a New Yorker uh, originally. I grew up in Queens and Brooklyn and uh, found myself out here really on uh, a whim. I'm glad it, uh, glad it really worked out. We're loving it over here. Um, so yeah, my, my uh, professional background, I had a, a 10 year career uh, in financial services where I primarily focused on investments and uh, investment products. Um, and then I left the financial services market about uh, five years ago. And then I'm in a related business, uh, but I'm no longer uh, a, a licensed uh, financial professional. So uh, as we as we go through these questions, just something to bear in mind that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not representing a broker dealer uh, um, and, and I, I'm really not going to be giving any you know, stock tips or, or anything like that. <laughs> no, we're, we'll save that for another segment. <laughs> um, so can you talk to us because, you know, some of the other folks are giving us some really great tips, which we'll talk about, but are there any specific trends that we need to be mindful of or best practices 
um, in regards to investments or financial planning, just in general, again, just for the basic yeah. small business owner. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, I think this is really where you're going to see your own skill as a networker pay off your ability to have built a, a strong advisory network, whether that's within the community or whether that's sort of in the, for, for New York purposes for the broader city uh, as well. You know, you have everybody has friends and family that are in the financial services that have access to a financial advisor or a financial planner. And, you know, really now is when you're going to see return sort of on that investment. Um, you know, what a financial planner is really going to help you do is, is tackle really the least sexy parts of your financial portfolio. You know, uh, I think if you look at the last sort of, uh, 10 plus years coming off the bottom of the financial crisis, really anybody could have thrown stocks at a dart, uh, darts at a, uh, at a dartboard uh, and picked a handful of stocks and they would have done well. Um, you know, but really what uh, a financial planner is going to do uh, leading up to something like we're seeing now, or even in a uh, case that we're seeing now is help you with things like your cash reserve, understanding uh, the need to build that up. They need to have a substantial base to cover you for a given number of months as you deal with hardships. You know, obviously, obviously what we're seeing feels unprecedented, but it actually is with precedent. We, we have seen these sorts of crises as they've impacted the markets and we've seen these sort of these negative returns. But really what a professional, a trusted financial professional is going to do at a time like this is remove emotion from the decision. Uh, that we have to make, uh, where they're seeing the totality of your financial portfolio. They know your objectives, they know your risk tolerance, and they'll help you whether that's, you know, when to access cash, when to uh, access a credit facility, if you need uh, some sort of bridge loan, um, your ability to pay for that. And then if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you have excess cash and you see something like a 30% reduction in the market staring you in the face, you know, the, the tendency may be to, to go gung-ho in there and, and dump all your cash in the market. And they may be that able to pump the brake a little bit and say, <laughs> is that really the right, the, right, uh, the, the right use of your cash at this time? You know, and they could put together a thoughtful reinvestment plan uh, for you. So you're telling me not to spend $500 billion on Disney stock right now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I can't tell you that. You know, there, there might be uh, some, some need for diversification there, but. Uh, That's right. That's right. Um, you know, and speaking about your experience, because you've you've been doing this for a very, very long time, um, even as a former financial professional. And again, um, we're advising everyone that's watching this webinar to consult with your investors, um, with your bankers, um, and everyone from insurance companies. But can you talk a little bit um, about kind of things that you may have seen in the past 10 years, some trends. I know we were, you know, I, I reached out to another um, kind of investment company called Innovative Planning Partners, which we'll be doing a separate session with them along with a bank this coming week, because a lot of the small businesses um, that are dealing with coronavirus are kind of at a loss. Most small businesses, especially on Staten Island, um, they're either at a cash positive business or if they do have loans, they aren't 
um, they're not in the millions and millions of dollars. And so they're looking at the government to provide um, different sort of uh, benefit or relief packages. But can you talk to us about things that you may have seen in, in the 1980s um, and the early 2000s, just to kind of point those out? Yeah, you know, you can go and find articles that are being published today that are drawing parallels to the financial crises in the 80s and, and, in, and obviously in 2008. And, um, you know, one of the, the big takeaways from that is, is really to, to understand what the government's response is going to be to these crises, how they're going to, whether it's relief packages, whether it's um, deregulation, uh, whether it's just true financial relief uh, for, for us as consumers, you know, and, and I think that's kind of why to your, to your earlier thing about the, the $500 billion in Disney stock, you know, we don't know if we're at a bottom. We don't know where we are uh, really in, in the financial cycle of this crisis. And so kind of taking a wait and see approach to see what avenues are going to be available to you in the coming months is going to be key. Uh, you know, one of the articles that I, I just finished reading before before this call was speaking to how some of the we won't even know what the actual impact is going to be from a consumer spending and a small business services uh, uh, revenue and um, uh, cost hit until June. Or if this thing bleeds over into you too, we're not going to know until September. And so the full impact of this still has yet to be quantified. And any, any real uh, emotion-driven decisions now could ultimately end up being high, very high-risk decisions. Uh, because we don't know what the future is going to, to look like. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us on a beautiful Sunday. I know you have three babies and a beautiful wife. Um, so just to kind of recap for everyone that is following. Um, so today's uh, session that we have happening on the webinar, we just had a brief interview with Ryan Ludgate, former financial uh, professional, giving us some tips and tricks, but just to kind of recap, because as you see me, I'm old school, I'm writing down notes. Um, a couple of investment tips that came through, um, also through Innovative Planning Partners. Later this week, we will host another session along with Christina Angelo and Gateri, um, along with a financial planning company and banking. Um, the first one is pretend that it's like 2018 again. Look what was done to preserve the businesses back in 2008 um, and what can be implemented again, um, certainly within your resources. Secondly, you know, we've been watching a lot on press conferences, whether it's from the White House to the governor's office to the mayor's office. Um, make sure that you stay on top of all the relief packages that are being available to you. So two in particular that we've seen over and over that have been distributed by New York City Small Business Services, along with the Small Business Development Center, along with the Chamber of Commerce and SIADC, you get a 40% reimbursement. It's a grant reimbursement program. Um, so right now, when you go through NYC Small Business Services, you can click the link um, to gather more information. But at this time, they haven't really distributed the information of how it's going to roll out, how the process is going to be repaid, whether it's going to take 60 days or whether it's going to take a full year. 
So again, make sure that you follow um, NYC Small Business Services and you sign up those links or through Small Business Development Center and the Chamber of Commerce. Um, so our next guest that we have is a very, very smart techie guy, Mr. President Geek of Techie Geek, uh, Mr. Mike Bloomfield. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you also have a newborn. Um, so I, I really appreciate you. Yeah, well, you have a, a newbie, a baby. She's three so months old. You. Yeah, she's a newborn. She's three months. She's a newbie. She's a newbie to the world. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to sit with us briefly on a Sunday. Um, but so for everyone that's watching, can you talk a little bit about what Techie Geek is and does, um, just so we can have a brief overview? Sure. So we're a, a managed service provider based in Staten, New York. We provide business continuity solutions, managed security, cybersecurity, data protection. So basically what I do is I stand on the top of a hill and I scream that businesses need to plan for business continuity. And let me be completely honest with you. None of us in our industry thought this is with the business continuity we were planning for. We were planning for hurricanes, natural disasters, uh, cyber criminals. Who would have ever thought that the business continuity solutions we were implementing would protect us and help on a pandemic and totally took us all by surprise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's talk about some solutions because right now a lot of small businesses, schools, um, churches, people are working from home. Um, what are some of the best tips and tricks for people that are working from home? Because even today I had people tell me, why aren't you hosting your Facebook Live on a Zoom or on a Google Hangouts? And my first response is because the Staten Island market as a whole, um, the trajectory that we've seen um, is really responsive to Facebook. So I have to make any sort of announcements or statements really through social media, through Facebook. So can you give us some kind of best tips and tricks uh, for small businesses and best practices? Sure. So look, it's all evolution, right? We all need to evolve. And, and unfortunately, this is going to help businesses evolve. So come Monday, my staff is fully remote. We are working from home. I'm taking my staff out of the office trying to do what little we can. Changes our operations in no way. And businesses could do that. So there's lots of different ways to do that. So um, luckily with everything and a lot of business apps being cloud-based or everything being on computers and digital now, you could take those that workforce and move them home. But while you do that, you need to protect yourself, right? The hackers don't give up. They're not going to say, oh, there's a pandemic. We're, we're going to take a break. So it's important to use solutions that are out there to allow you to take your staff, move them remote, but while still protecting your infrastructure. Um, we're offering some solutions to help businesses, and we're looking to do that in a way that's very inexpensive to a business. Because look, okay. I'm a local community, I'm a small business, and we want businesses to survive, and we will survive. We're gonna get through this by evolution. Um, Microsoft Teams, uh, go, uh, Goga Connect, uh, even Zoom have released free packages to small businesses to allow them to get on these, these collaborative uh, video conference solutions for free for the next couple of months. So a lot of these big major corporations are, are coming out and they're doing what little they can to give solutions. Um, so it's definitely jump on, take advantage of those. We're lucky that we have such high-speed internet now, so you're able to do these video conferences. You're able to do everything you can, um, but it's important to protect your business. 
Um, so yes, we're and we're trying to do everything. If anyone has any questions, we're here to answer for free. I want to give some free tips. Message us on our Facebook page, and we'll give you suggestions and help you as best we can because we will survive, and we, we want to help you survive. And it's all about evolution. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, Mike, are there any um, quick kind of top three things that small businesses can do aside from reaching out to y'all to get uh, yep. a free consultation? But are there like, what are the top three tips that you would recommend for small businesses as they're working from home? Okay, so if you are going to use a remote solution to connect to your computer, make sure you get something that's protected by two-factor. There's too many passwords out on the dark web. You want to make sure that if I'm going to use a remote solution such as a log meeting or a team viewer, which might not be the best way, at least protect it with the two-factor authentication. Um, be very careful on if you're using VPNs to connect to your work environment, make sure that your workstations, that your home-based works uh, stations so the home the users home computers have strong endpoint protection and antivirus the last thing you want to do is allow them to introduce a virus onto your network um, and then number three try to utilize the systems that you probably already have in place with voice over ip um, and business continuity uh, and business communication because they make it very easy for you to be able to put your staff home and have your phones ring as they normally do so with a, and that's one beauty of voice over IP. So if you don't know how it works, talk with your voice over IP provider and see if there's a way for either a mobile app or a desktop app and that phones could ring at your employees' homes, just like they were at the office. You know, that's really sound advice. I didn't even think about the number three, the voice over IP. So uh, we'll make sure that JMT Media is set up because I honestly with everything happening, I wasn't even thinking about our phone. So I appreciate um, the tips. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you giving us your top three chicks. Of course, the first is uh, you need protection by uh, two-factor authentication uh, for security purposes. Also, you need to be careful with uh, VPN. And your third, which I really need to practice, is the voice over IP to adjust and make sure that you contact your provider and move things forward so there's no disruption in your business. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you. Uh, you joining us. Um, so for our third guest, um, and I have to say that I'm just super impressed by the way the world, the way how the world works. Um, I was quarantined in my home, like most people are. And so last week I watched uh, Netflix and there's a six part docu-series called Pandemic. And I was just immediately struck um, by Dr. Jacob Glanville's approach. Um, it's a very no nonsense um, scientific approach, but he also spoke kind of in layman's terms because a lot of times you know, most people are not at the PhD level or higher. You have to speak to the masses for them to completely understand what's going on. So I reached out to him and I said, hi, my name's Jacqueline. I live here on Staten Island and um, I'd love to interview. And immediately he responded and I'm super proud um, and privileged that he's joining us on this Facebook Live. So uh, Dr. Glanville, thank you so much for joining us um, from California. And I know you have a baby yourself. Everybody that's been chiming in today has babies. so. I appreciate, you know, I know Sundays are for family, so I really, really appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. 
Absolutely. Um, so Dr. Glanville, for those of us that are following this Facebook live feed, can you talk a little bit about um, your company um, and what you do and why you're amazing? Because I think everybody needs to know. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that introduction. So I'm a computational immuno engineer and my group uh, are computational immuno engineers. So that's a kind of a mouthful, but what it means is that we are using new classes of math, high throughput data acquisition and computers to help us engineer better medicines. And what we do is we use the immune system as our source of medicines and we figure out how to engineer vaccines that are able to target shared sites on rapidly mutating viruses like influenza, or we figure out how to generate antibodies that hit very precise sites on, on uh, drug targets. And those could be um, a plaque in the brain, it could be a receptor on the heart, or it could be a virus like the, uh, the, the coronavirus. Uh, the company uh, is contract research. So we work with over 50 pharmaceutical companies from the big guys like Pfizer, Boehringer, Ingelheim, Gilead, Teva, down to startups who don't have local engineering. And they usually come to us to go after the really hard projects. So they come to us and say, hey, we've got a drug target. Can you go after it? And we do a contract where it's about six months of engineering. We end up producing a molecule that ultimately becomes a drug. But recently, I've been talking with the DARPA and US AMRED, which are two uh, arms mm -hmm. of the US military that are involved in creating rapid therapeutic solutions to the COVID-19 outbreak. Because uh, one of our technologies is very good at engineering antibodies very quickly against challenging targets. So we are actively working on creating antibodies that could act as a, like an antiviral to neutralize the virus inside of a person. What we're doing is we're adapting these old antibodies from 2002 that recognize SARS. And those wow. we know neutralize SARS. People spent two years researching them. There's a whole bunch of data around those antibodies. And what we're doing is we're using one of our technologies to adapt them to recognize the new coronavirus. And we think that's the fastest method of creating an antibody therapeutic. And, and the military thinks so as well, which is why they're partnering with us. That's fantastic. And, you know, I, in doing my research and preparing for today's interview, I know that you've had multiple interviews these past few months, not even few weeks, even though it's hit New York City and Staten Island these past few weeks, but you've been monitoring this for the past few months. Is there any advice that you would give to communities that are starting to learn about this virus as a whole? Um, we've seen, you know, reports in China, Italy, but again, in this Staten Island community with 500,000 plus uh, people, beautiful people, it's it's brand spanking new. So are there any pieces of advice that you would give to us just on a general level? Sure. So outside of my, you know, wonky immunology friends and epidemiologists who've been freaking out about this since January, many of us this the last week has probably felt pretty jarring because we're entering into the acceleration phase where the, the truth is that coronavirus has been spreading in the United States for, for months now, but we weren't testing for it. So it was really over the last couple of weeks where we started doing aggressive testing to realize how widespread the problem is. Mm -hmm. And that's going to feel disruptive. It's going to feel like there's this big change. And indeed, there also is going to be the big change where we're going to have uh, a lot more cases. We're in the acceleration phase. You can see it happening in Europe. Uh, it's happening across multiple countries in Asia, and it's now happening in essentially every state in the United States. So. Here's the good news. Um, you should be prepared. You should be uh, informed, but you don't need to panic. You shouldn't have to be scared. The 
way this is going to play out is there's probably going to be a series of social distancing measures, as we've talked about, where you have to stay at your house and you spend less time hanging out with other people. And the goal there is just to slow the rate of transmission so that not all of us get sick and go to the hospital at once, because that's what's happening in Italy. And uh, what's happening is there's too many people who need to go to the ICU and there's not enough spaces. And that means that you might die in the waiting room for something that they may have been able to save you for if you if you had a bed. So we're trying to avoid that. Um, the good news is uh, children are largely spared, so they have very mild disease. Uh, the bad news is that the elderly and immunocompromised are particularly susceptible to the COVID-19. So we want to try to isolate, you know, don't visit grandma, call her. Um, but even even the most susceptible population, so the folks in their 80s or older, um, they the majority of them are still going to recover. 85% are going to be able to go home afterwards. So this is not a death sentence. Um, it is scary. It's much worse than flu. And the things we're going to do right now, because there is no medicine, is you got to wash your hands, cough into your sleeve, stop hanging out with other people, try to cook your own food, and and we just wait. Um, you should you should expect the next couple of months are going to get harder. There's going to be more cases and the outbreak's going to continue. I'm really happy to see that there's been um, extremely proactive measures taken at the state level as well as the federal level. I think that that was the thing that wasn't happening yet and it was concerning scientists. But now we're like in California, for instance, um, any gathering, at least in San Francisco, over 100 people has been temporarily banned. They've asked restaurants to um, only contain up to half the number of, of people at a time. And in general, people are starting to respond effectively, which is great because that slows the pace of the, the epidemic. Um, yeah, so that's that's the advice I'd give is just hunker down. It's going to get a little tougher before it gets better. There's going to be more outbreaks. It's going to be a little scary. Um, but just take care of your family and support friends of yours that are doctors and medical professionals, nurses, because they're going to have the hardest time of this because they're going to have suddenly an overwhelming number of people coming and they're doing nothing short of heroic by putting themselves on the line to try to treat the, the, the battlefront of the epidemic. That's right. We, you know, we've seen here on Staten Island, a lot of, um, you know, small businesses is actually one of the larger industries as well as the medical sector. We have amazing hospitals, Rumsey, Staten Island University Hospital, but a lot of the small business restaurants, they've already started doing preventative measures by either doing delivery, curbside, pickup. Um, they're completely understanding that people are coming into the restaurant. So they're starting to really hunker down on that. So, um, but before I let you go, I just wanna say, I know you've been doing a lot of research also in Guatemala with your pigs. And for those of you that followed, I believe it was episode three on Netflix, um, you name your pigs. So by all means, feel free to name one of your pigs after JMT Media, we'd be so honored. Um, but I just wanted to, <laughs> you guys have been doing an excellent, excellent job. Your entire staff, um, they're just really up on social media. So for those of you that are tuning in, um, this is Dr. Jacob Glanville with Distributed Bio. Um, he was featured as not only in Netflix pandemic, but an expert in everything that he does. And again, congratulations. I know with the, uh, Bill Gates Foundation, you guys received uh, a grant to continue the amazing work that y'all been doing. Um, so again, thank you so much. Um, as we finish up, because I didn't want to take up too much time of, you know, people's time on a Sunday afternoon, because you should be with your families, um, just kind of a few tips and tricks. Um, we did reach out to a couple of insurance brokers, because we wanted to also understand the impact for insurance for small businesses. 
and uh, business interruption, quote unquote, right now that's actually still being defined dependent on your insurance carrier. So certainly we would highly mm -hmm. recommend for you to contact your insurance company to find out the best solution for that. Um, like I mentioned, next week we will be hosting another session. Um, this will be with a representative, Christina Angelone Gatari from Innovative Planning Partners. That's going to give us some details and information on investments for your small business and for your personal uh, matters. And we're also going to have a uh, banking institution join us. So again, thank you so much for everybody that joined us. If you have any questions, we're trying, we are a resource. We're a small business ourselves. We're in the community and we're just trying to give as much information out. And that's really what started this entire uh, Facebook Live. I just had a lot of questions. People weren't answering. So then I went out to ask questions to experts. So I hope this was informative. We're going to put everybody's links below so you can follow them. Um, again, thank you all so much for a wonderful Sunday afternoon. And again, stay inside. We got to make sure that we flatten the curve and um, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks, y'all.